Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I have seen the Lord. That's what Mary Magdalene told the disciples after Jesus had revealed himself to her on Easter morning. She didn't get any reaction from them. They were just silent. They didn't believe her. I wonder how she felt after she had made this exciting announcement to them and they simply ignored her. They were behind locked doors. Why? Because of fear, of the fear of the religious leaders who had schemed to get Jesus killed. The disciples being behind locked doors shows that all the predictions Jesus had made to them several times before his crucifixion had really not sunk in. In spite of all the miracles they had seen him perform, they were unbelieving. In spite of seeing him raise people from the dead, they were still unbelieving that he would be raised from the dead. They felt it was better to shield themselves from a hostile world. The worst thing they hoped would not happen to Jesus had happened. And now they were on their own. Fear had taken over. Early on Easter morning, Mary Magdalene had gone to the tomb and seen that the stone that covered it had been removed and the tomb was empty. She ran from there and told Peter and John that the tomb was empty. Peter and John themselves had run to the tomb in the morning. They went inside the tomb and did not find Jesus. They saw the linen cloth and the face cloth lying in the tomb, but not Jesus. They had returned to the house. They left Mary there all by herself. While she was standing there and weeping, Jesus appeared to her and told her to go and inform the disciples that he was alive. She did that, and they did not believe her. They did not rejoice. Instead, they kept themselves behind locked doors in fear of persecution. We can say that the disciples, all of them, had their doubts as to whether or not Jesus had really risen from the dead. But it's actually worse than simply doubting or not being sure. They were all, at this time, unbelievers, faithless. At best, only John believed when he saw the empty tomb. But it is not even clear that he truly believed since he was with the rest behind those locked doors. Now, it may sound harsh to assert that the disciples of all people on the evening when Christ was raised from the dead were unbelievers. But that was why they were hiding behind those locked doors. It makes me think about how on one occasion, Jesus called them a faithless and unbelieving generation. The disciples were so fearful of what might happen to them. It is a kind of paralyzing fear that makes you want to cower in a place where no one can see you. Jesus broke into that fear. He walked right through the locked doors as if there were no doors at all. He knew exactly what they needed at, the moment, at that moment, peace. And so he said to them, peace be with you. Then he showed them his hands and his side. They were glad when they saw Jesus. Thomas was not there when Jesus came. We don't know why he was not there. Maybe he was a designated one to run errands for the group as they remained in hiding. If their fear of being hunted down was founded, then Thomas was a brave one among them. He dared to go out into the hostile world, the hostile environment, and come back. 
Wherever Thomas went that evening, he missed Jesus' appearance. When the disciples told him what had happened, he did not believe, and he laid down what standard of evidence he was willing to accept that Jesus was indeed alive. That is surprising, given that so many people were telling him that he had seen the Lord. Did he suspect mass hallucination or what? Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I would not believe. Why would he make such a demand? Was he angry at being left out when Jesus appeared to the others? Or did he just want indisputable proof that the one who showed himself to them was really Jesus? A week later, he was together with them when Jesus showed up again. They were still behind locked doors. The fears of the disciples had not gone away even after Jesus appeared to them the first time. So this second visit was as much for them as it was for Thomas. Jesus offered Thomas the opportunity to do what he had demanded, but Jesus also reprimanded him. Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas then made the greatest confession about whom Jesus is in his response, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Because of what Jesus said, Thomas has been called Doubting Thomas. I was at my dentist on Friday. As the hygienist was getting me ready, she asked what I'll be doing on Sunday. I said, I'll, I'll be preaching. She asked what I'll be preaching about. I told her it was about the post-Easter appearance of Jesus to the disciples when Thomas was not there. And Thomas had said he would not believe unless he had seen Jesus and put his finger into his wounds. And Jesus appearing a week later when Thomas was present, he said, oh yeah, doubting Thomas. I said it was more about fear and unbelief at that time and Jesus breaking through to calm their fear and restore their faith. Lots of Christians summarize this event simply as doubting Thomas. People who are not Christians also know and use this phrase. They are surprised that this is something taken from the Bible. Actually, I'm surprised that he is called Doubting Thomas. What Jesus said to him was more like, stop being faithless, be faithful, or stop disbelieving, believe. Some have said that doubt is good, that it may help you discover the real truth. They say you don't have to accept everything on face value. Question everything they say. Seek more information. Be a critical thinker. When you think about what Thomas demanded, this being only the third day since nails were driven through Jesus' hands and feet and a spear was used to pierce his side, I wonder if it occurred to him that he would aggravate the pain of Jesus since these wounds would be nowhere near being healed. Maybe his emotions got the better of him. Now it is quite possible that Thomas indeed only had doubts when the other disciples told him about Jesus appearing to them. But even if that's what he was expressing, Jesus did not commend him. He rebuked him, but he rebuked him not for doubting, but for not believing. Thomas was asking for incontrovertible evidence that Jesus was alive. But he was not really alone. 
The other disciples were looking for such evidence too, though they did not verbalize it. That's why they were all behind locked doors. They were hopeful that Jesus would come out of the grave alive, but by evening, they had given up. So all of them were unbelieving disciples. Their fear had overcome their faith. They needed somebody to calm their fear. And who better to do it than the one whom they had followed for three years, the one who had told them that he would suffer and be killed, but would be raised again on the third day, and had, in fact, risen from the dead. Sometimes I see things on the internet or even on emails where people are trying to sell you some supplement that is supposed to provide relief for several different things that may be wrong with you. They may claim it helps your heart, gives you more energy, helps you to sleep, calms your nerves, and on and on it goes. It may be, even be devices that are supposed to help with muscle pain or joint pain or even migraines. They may acknowledge that what they are selling is not FDA approved or meant to treat any disease. Still, they say these are evidence-based treatments. They may even provide links to studies that prove the efficacy of what they are selling. They know we like evidence. We like to see before we believe. Evidence, evidence-based. See before you believe. That speaks very much to us. Seeing is believing. That's a good thing. And Thomas did see one week after the resurrection. Now Jesus would have shown himself to the disciples anyway because that would have been the only proof of the resurrection. And if he didn't show himself to them, he would have been guilty of making a false promises or an empty promise in spite of all the miracles he had performed. But Jesus did not commend Thomas for his particular proof demand that Jesus was alive. Jesus rather commends those who believe in him without seeing him. I'm so glad that John recorded that. It is as if Jesus was peering into the future to our day and beyond where people do not want to believe what they cannot see. Of course, it is impossible for us to see Jesus now, but he has given us the gift of faith to believe in him. So I say to you, keep believing. We do not need to see to believe. We need to believe to see. Keep believing. At the right time, his own time, we will get to see him. We who live 2,000 years after the event of the resurrection have the proof because he did not only appear to the known disciples, but he also appeared to more than 500 people at one time. Jesus is alive. The terrified disciples saw him and believed. Thomas did see and believe. His confession is the confession of every single one of us here, my Lord and my God. You have the evidence, and you have the advantage of the written word of God. You are in the great company of those who have not yet seen and yet have believed. You are blessed. God accepts you. Keep believing the truth about Jesus. But the great company still consists of people who have fears. Think about your life for a moment. What are your fears? Maybe you have none, but I doubt it. Since you are human, you do have fears. Fear is so pervasive among humans, even for the disciples on Easter, even for Christians, even for you after Easter. We know what our fears are. 
but we are not alone. Jesus knows them too. We have his assurance that he is always with us to the very end of the age. Our fears may sometimes raise doubts in us. Even though Jesus may not take all our fears away at once and completely, he steps into them with us. I said this to the hygienist. She said, thanks be to God. Amen. Jesus said, peace be with you, twice, when he first appeared to the disciples behind those locked doors. When he appeared again with Thomas present, he said it to them again, peace be with you. You see, their fear wasn't gone completely. They were disciples, but they were still human. So they needed Jesus all the time. So do we. As Christians, we need to encounter Jesus daily, regularly. We need to hear his peace to us regularly. When we are afraid, we don't need to hide it. We take our fears to Jesus in prayer and into his word that he has made available to us, the Bible. Brothers and sisters, you are in a state of reconciliation with God. Keep believing. Even if your life is in turmoil for one reason or another, know that Jesus has not left you. He walks beside you. When you suffer, he suffers too. Your troubles are his troubles too. You still belong to him, and his love for you does not diminish. Keep believing. Even if your struggles do not get resolved right away, he has still not abandoned you. He will certainly come again to make all things new, a new creation, perfect forever. He will open graves, gather the ashes, find those believers who were lost at sea, those who went missing and were never found. He will bring them together as new people, fit to live forever in a new creation that is coming. If we are alive when he comes, he will change us so that we too will be fit to live forever. Keep believing, because you will be part of that new creation, and you will get to see Jesus as he is. Peace be with you. Amen.